You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Laughter. Hello, my radio friends. I'm so glad you could join me today for more from God's Word, the Bible. It is my sincere hope that as you listen each week that you're coming closer to God and if you haven't already committed yourself to God, that you soon will. Did you know that there is not one verse in the Bible that mentions the word smile or smiling? It's hard to imagine that for a period of approximately 4,000 years covering the biblical record, that no one smiled. However, there are a number of verses referring to laughing. It's fairly certain that people smiled years ago just as they do today. But did you know that some people have difficulty in laughing because they simply physically cannot laugh? Others can laugh but have little to laugh about. The world's longest laugh record holder is Belichu Germa. He is the world laughter master. He gained his title after laughing for three hours and six minutes and thereby setting an unofficial world record. Today, he runs a laughter academy for those who would like to learn to laugh as heartily as he does. Twenty years ago, however, he himself had little to laugh about. After losing his wife to HIV, he became an alcoholic and a cut addict. Cut is a plant that grows in Africa that produces effects like amphetamine, his life felt empty and hopeless and lonely. He says it all changed after he read a book about laughing on cue and learned how to laugh for no particular reason. He established the first laughter school in Africa in order to teach people to laugh regardless of the problems around them. Every Saturday evening, Germa and his students meet on a rooftop of a four-storey building in Addis Ababa to practice laughing on cue. So, why do people laugh? Interestingly, science has not come up with a good answer to that question, although it's recognised that laughter is an involuntary response. Tickling and an unexpected outcome in a story and a feeling of well-being are the usual triggers that produce laughter. Laughter is good for your health. Laughter relaxes the whole body 
A good, hearty laugh relieves physical tension and stress, leaving your muscles relaxed for up to 45 minutes after. Laughter boosts your immune system. Laughter decreases stress hormones and increases immune cells and infection-fighting antibodies, thus improving your resistance to disease. Laughter triggers the release of endorphins, the body's natural feel-good chemicals. Endorphins promote an overall sense of well-being and can even temporarily relieve pain. Laughter protects the heart. Laughter improves the function of blood vessels and increases blood flow, which can help protect you against a heart attack and other cardiovascular problems. Laughter burns calories. Okay, so it's no replacement for going to the gym. But one study found that laughing for 10 to 15 minutes a day can burn about 40 calories, which could be enough to lose 2 or 3 kilograms over the course of a year. Laughter lightens anger's heavy load. Nothing diffuses anger and conflict faster than a shared laugh. Looking at the funny side can put problems into perspective and enable you to move on from confrontations without holding on to bitterness or resentment. And did you know that laughter may even help you to live longer. A study in Norway found that people with a strong sense of humour outlived those who don't laugh as much. The difference was particularly notable for those battling with cancer. It's no wonder that the Bible contains this verse which is found in Proverbs 17, verse 22. It says, A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Now I want to share with you a story about a man who was very sick and laughed his way back to health. His name was Norman Cousins. And he, in 1964, was given just a few months to live. He had ankylosing spondylitis, a rare heart disease of the connective tissues. He was told by his doctor that he had a 1 in 500 chance of survival. He was told to get his affairs in order as he only had about six months to go. But Cousins would have none of it. He was a journalist, and he was used to research, and he set himself to find a solution. He read and discovered that both his disease and the medicines were depleting his body of vitamin C, among other things.
He did three things that would be usual today, but were unheard of in 1964. Firstly, he fired his doctor and left the hospital to check into a hotel. He found a doctor who would work with him as a team member as opposed to insisting on being in charge. Secondly, he began to get injections of massive doses of vitamin C. And thirdly, he obtained a movie projector and a pile of funny movies, including the Marx Brothers and Candid Camera Shows. He spent a great deal of time watching these films and laughing. And he didn't just laugh. In spite of being in a lot of constant pain, he made a point of laughing until his very stomach hurt from it. Did it work? Oh, who knows? But you should know that Cousins finally died in November 30, 1990, in Los, sorry, Los Angeles, California, having survived 26 years longer than the doctors predicted. Can it be proved that laughing added 26 years to Norman Cousins' life? Not really. But we know that it strengthens the immune system that fights disease, and it is most probable that laughing allowed Cousins to live two and a half decades more than expected. Do you remember that verse from Proverbs 1 I read to you? A merry heart does good like a medicine. There is an undeniable connection between how we feel and our health. People who look at the positives in life are generally happier and healthier than those who dwell on the negatives. Those who see the positives, when they look at half a glass of water, would say it's half full. The negative thinkers would say that the glass was half empty. The Monty Python song, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, is not just humour, but it's true. Now what does God want? Well, God wants us to be holy, happy and healthy. And if you find that there's not much to be happy about in your life, try in whatever situation you find yourself in to find something positive and be thankful for it. In the book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 is this important verse. It says, Finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, think on these things.
Well, when you listen to or watch the news, so much of what you see and hear is about crime, corruption, tension, disregard of the rights of others and bad behaviour. It's mostly negative. Maybe if you are not feeling happy or if you're not pleased with your life, you should turn off the news and reading an uplifting book, especially the Bible. The strange thing is we choose whether we want to be happy and positive or downhearted and negative. Yes, I know that circumstances often set the stage for how we may feel. But we must choose whether we want to accept the feelings those circumstances engender or whether we'll overlook them. If your neighbour's dog keeps barking and makes you annoyed, you can get annoyed and angry, or you can choose not to. It is as the Roman philosopher Epictetus wrote, It's not what happens to you that matters. What does count, however, is how you react to it. I'm going to repeat that because I think it's very important. It's not what happens to you that matters. What does count, however, is how you react to it. If that dog annoys you, you can resolve the situation in your own mind by saying to yourself, I don't like that dog's barking, but I'm so very glad that I have ears to hear it. I have a good friend who was diagnosed with bladder cancer. Before he had surgery, instead of moaning about how his life could be shortened because of the disease, he spoke positively. He said he wasn't afraid of dying because he had committed his life to God. Whatever God wills for me, he said, is okay with me. Instead of becoming depressed by the knowledge that he had cancer, my friend chose to think positively. So if the weather is not to your liking, too cold in the winter or too hot in the summer, be glad that you have life to experience it. Be glad that you have nerve senses to even know hot and cold. Be glad that you don't have leprosy, which causes affected parts of the body to lose all feeling. Instead of taking yourself too seriously, laugh at yourself. Look in the mirror, and although you may not always like what you see, say to yourself, I don't know what God sees in me, but I'm so happy he loves me. We're going to have a little break and go on straight afterwards.
Another reason why people laugh is when they consider a certain proposition to be completely ridiculous. The Bible records one such laugh, and it concerns Abraham and his wife Sarah, who were unable to have children together. The story is recorded in Genesis 18, verses 9 through to 15, and it says, The Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, Here, in the tent. And the Lord said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, Ha! After I've grown old, shall I also have the pleasure, my husband being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I'm old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I shall return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, Ah, I did not laugh. She was afraid. And he said, No, but you did laugh. Later on, their son Isaac was born. At that time, Abraham was 100 years old, and Sarah was 90. But the key thing here to consider is that little statement in verse 14, is there anything too hard for the Lord? In Luke chapter 18 verse 27, Jesus said, With man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Some of you may have to deal with unpleasant situations in your lives. You may have health problems, financial worries, or relationship difficulties. You may have prayed many times for God to relieve what is worrying you. The secret is to commit your life to God and then ask for help. I want you to notice that last statement. Commit yourself to God, then ask for his help. Many people get it the wrong way around. First they ask for God's help and then they say they'll commit themselves to him. But, as you know, human nature is such that when God fixes their problem and all is okay again, most will forget about him and go on their merry way as before. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, is recorded this statement again by Jesus. He said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. What things? Two verses earlier, Jesus explained. He said, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For, have, for your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. Here again, 
we're presented with an issue involving choice. You can choose to be worried or you can choose to put yourself in the hands of the Lord and let him work it out for you. But first, we need to commit ourselves to the Lord, allowing his will to be achieved in our lives. The other things will then follow as God honours our choice to serve him. In other words, put first things first. Solomon, often quoted to be one of the wisest men who ever lived, wrote in the second to last verse in the book of Ecclesiastes, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Our first and most important duty is to fear, that is to honour and respect and give the first place in our lives to God. Spouses, family, friends and things must have a lower priority. Well, before we end today's program, I want to share a story with you. A popular speaker started off a seminar by holding up a $20 note. A crowd of about 200 people had gathered to hear him speak. He asked, Who would like this $20 note? And 200 hands went up. He said, I'm going to give this $20 to one of you, but first, let me do this. He crumpled the note up. He then asked, Who still wants it? All 200 hands were still raised. Well, he said, what if I do this? And he dropped the note on the ground and stomped on it with his shoes. He picked it up and showed it to the crowd. The note was all crumpled and dirty. Now, who still wants it? All the hands still went up. Then he said, My friends, I have just showed you a very important lesson. No matter what I did to the money, you still wanted it because it did not decrease in value. It was still worth $20. Many times in our lives, life crumples us and grinds us into the dirt. We make bad decisions or deal with poor circumstances. We feel worthless. But no matter what has happened or what will happen, you will never lose your value. You are special. Don't ever forget it. Friends, for your own well-being, you need to realize that you are greatly loved by God. He wants you in his kingdom. He wants you to be happy. And he gives every person that opportunity. But just as it is your personal choice to be positive or negative, God hopes you will choose him to choose to have your sins forgiven and to choose to have eternal life where you will always be happy. It's your choice just as you can choose to be positive despite the circumstances. And, of course, try to have a laugh. I hope you'll join me next time to hear more from God's Word, the Bible. And by the way, if you would like us to pray for you, 
Contact the station or our producer, Nick, and we will pray for you.